Today's Egg Spotlight episode is sponsored by Coolers. Make every day a cool day for your cows. The Coolers system allows you to control the cow's environment 24-7. For more information, go to NorthAmericanAg.com and find them in the Industry Connect section. Hi, and welcome to the North American Egg Spotlight. I'm Chrissy Wozniak, and our guest today is Professor and Graduate Studies Coordinator of the Agricultural Education and Communications Department of Texas Tech University. She's recognized as Texas Tech Integrated Scholar, is a member of Texas Tech's Teaching Academy, and has received several teaching awards at the college, university, and national levels, including the Texas Tech's President's Excellence in Teaching Award, Texas Tech's Chancellor's Council Distinguished Teaching Award, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture's New Teacher Award. She's co-authored a number of award-winning research papers and is currently serving as the American Association for Agriculture Education Vice President for Communications. I would like to welcome Dr. Courtney Myers, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, and uh, that was a very lovely introduction. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, so you're originally from Kansas, and uh, can you tell me about your journey to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I grew up in a very small town in Kansas, and when people say they're from a small town, I always challenge them on how small that means. And so my small town had about 200 people. I went wow. to a consolidated school district um, where my dad was superintendent, so I didn't get into much trouble uh, growing up. Uh, my twin sister and I were both very active in FFA in high school, and that took us to Kansas State University, where we uh, worked on our bachelor's degrees. And I went the agricultural communications route while she became an agricultural uh, teacher in, agri- in ag ed. Um, as a part of just being at Kansas State University and being surrounded with different um, areas of agriculture that I had not grown up with, even though I grew up around some aspects of agriculture that really started to expose me to the variety of agriculture that's available. Um, And while I was there, I worked for the International Grains Program. I was their communication specialist. And that was really my first peek into what role, what an important role agriculture plays in, um, you know, economic sustainability and fighting global hunger and poverty around the world. Um, So that was a fascinating uh, experience. I guess. Um, Yeah. From Kansas State, I, um, I really got, I really got involved in agricultural communications and I realized like I, I wanted to learn more. There was more I wanted to learn. So I went to the University of Arkansas um, and again, another region um, of the world that I had not lived in before and a whole new set of agricultural commodities um, are grown there. And I worked on my master's degree there. While I was there, um, I got to go to Scotland for a summer and work for the Scottish Agricultural College in Edinburgh. It's not called that anymore, but that's what it was when I went. And that's, it still holds a special place in my heart. Um, After Arkansas, I Um, I realized I love to teach and I love to work with students. I love to work with the next generation of agriculturalists. And so I pursued a PhD at the University of Florida. Again, another region of the United States, a whole new set of commodities. Um, And, you know, really started to recognize um, how geographic and demographic differences influence um, a lot of decision making and consumer understanding of agriculture. 
So after that, I came to Texas because they hired me. <laughs> That's the joke. That's awesome. uh, I don't have any degrees <laughs> from Texas Tech, but I had a chance to come here and I've been on faculty since 2008. So that's like the 32nd trailer for the movie of my life. Right. Oh, that's great. Very exciting. Lots of travel and can't imagine how many different types of agriculture and crops that you've seen and learned about in all of those different places. That's really incredible. Yeah. And I think um, as an agricultural communications person, having a curiosity about well, why is this done this way and what does it mean down the road um, in the supply chain? Um, being able to ask those questions in a very authentic way, because I was honestly curious, um, helped me gain, gain a better sense of those different aspects of agriculture. Right. Yeah. So can you tell me about the ag programs at Texas Tech? Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm in one of the departments here in our College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources. In the college, we have around 2,400 undergraduate students and 400 graduate students that are in seven academic departments. So let's see if I can do this. There's mm -hmm. agricultural and applied economics, my department of agricultural education and communications. We have animal and food science, landscape architecture, natural resource management, plant and soil science, and our newest department of veterinary sciences. So we now have a veterinary uh, school uh, that is opening this fall, fall of 2021, um, to have its first class of students. Oh, that's um, so amazing. It is. We're really excited. That veterinary school has um, reinvigorated a lot of interest in the programs that we offer at Texas Tech. And its main purpose is to serve large animal agriculture meaning a lot of the, the feedlot industry and the dairy industry that has grown in the Panhandle region of Texas, we need more veterinarians to work in rural areas with these large animals. And that's the main focus of that new veterinary school. Wow, that's great. So where are these, these students going after graduation? What jobs are they taking? Well, and I, I want to first say that we jobs are here for our students, that there are so many jobs in agriculture, and I'm sure you're aware of this, that go unfilled by qualified um, applicants because we don't have enough people in the pipeline. So at Texas Tech, we're trying to, uh, you know, train and educate and equip those students to take jobs for, you know, private industries such as Bayer Crop Science or Cargill um, for state agencies here in Texas, such as um, the Texas Parks and Wildlife or the State Department of Agriculture. We also have some who go into the federal government and move to Washington, D.C. to try to um, influence policy and food-related um, topics and issues at that level and are working for our federal government. Um, we have others who work for commodity organizations, who work for the um, extension service here in the United States as, you know, specialists. We have others who have gone on to own their own businesses and be entrepreneurs within the agriculture industry. And really, there's just so many opportunities. We can't put our students or their careers in a box mm -hmm. because, they continue to be innovative and creative about the careers they pursue. And I think it's worth noting that a lot of our graduates may not end up in an agriculture-centric position, 
but they still have that strong connection to agriculture, to the science, and understand that and can help others around them understand what that means for them in their daily life. Right. And that's important too, right? So I know I'm sure a lot of kids growing up in high school and they they think, oh, you know, career in agriculture, you know, that means farming. And it's so much broader than that, right? And I think that's really important for even high schools to start talking about. Yes. You know, and I think back on my um, journey to Kansas State, I, I knew I wanted to be in the College of Agriculture, but I didn't know what that looked like for me. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be an agronomist. I didn't want to be a veterinarian. Um, And so it really took having a conversation with someone at that university who asked me about my interests and what was I passionate about. And that's what I would encourage high school students to do is if you have an interest in, um, you know, helping feed the world, there's a way to do that. If you have an interest in um, engineering, there's a way to do that through agriculture. And if you are interested in economics, you can do that. So the simple question that that person asked me at that crucial decision in my life was, would you rather write or would you rather solve math problems? And that was a simple binary question, but it really helped me reflect on where am I happiest? Where do I feel a sense of accomplishment and joy? And um, that was in writing. That was in telling people stories and helping others hear from those perspectives. And so I was general ag um, as a major and she's like, you should be ag calm. Let's just try it. And so now nearly 20 years later, I'm that professor having those conversations with my students. Right. Um, I would tell high school students that the opportunities in agriculture are endless. Agriculture is everywhere. Um, so if they want to travel, if they want to make a difference in the world, there's a way to do that through an agriculture career. Right. Yeah, that's that's really good. So where where are the students coming from? Are they coming from farms generally um, or are you seeing interest in non-farming kids, too? Yeah, that's you know, that's a great question. And it's been an interesting trend. I think we know demographically that there are fewer people who have that direct connection to agriculture mm-hmm. who are, you know, now three or four generations removed from agriculture. So within our college here at Texas Tech, mainly the majority of students are definitely still coming from rural areas. Mm-hmm. They either grew up on a farmer ranch or they took Um, They were involved in the National FFA organization in high school or 4-H, or they took agri-science classes in high school. So they had that exposure. Now, there's varying degrees of that. We have a lot of students who took an agri-science class, but they're from the Metroplex area, Dallas-Fort Worth area. So they did not have the ability or um, the opportunity to raise livestock but they were able to do agri-science projects in the greenhouse that was at the school. So what I've seen in, in talking to some of my students, it's been really intriguing to visit with them um, when they're not from that agriculture background. And I love having those students because they provide the perspective that we in agriculture need to hear. We need to hear mm-hmm. from those people who didn't have that direct connection or that opportunity to grow up surrounded by agriculture. 
So some of my students that I've talked to are one or two generations removed from the farm, but they have fond memories of going to their grandparents or maybe even their great grandparents farm. And they want to find a way to stay connected to that heritage, that rural heritage. Um, And then we have many students because of our new vet program and um, our emphasis on science who come here and complete the prerequisites to go into a pre-professional health track. So a lot of our students, particularly in the animal science department, are actually pre-nursing, pre-dental, pre-pharmacy, pre-vet. And they they love the family-friendly atmosphere that we provide, Um, that we are very student-focused. Our faculty are excellent teachers who love interacting with students and advising students. And so they're able to get that in the you know, a, a really nice atmosphere and that helps them still achieve that final goal. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, good points. So that kind of brings me to the next point that the general public is now so far removed from the farm these days, and that pre- presents a lot of challenges to the industry. How do your programs address these issues? Yeah, that's really, it's been an interesting um trend to follow. Um, As an agricultural communicator, one of our key points is understanding your audience. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that. We recognize that people don't have that direct connection, that personal relevance sometimes to draw upon. So within my field, particularly in agricultural communications, that's where we live, right? That's what we are doing. We are training our students to stand in that gap, to be those translators for people who have the questions to find the people who have the answers. And I appreciate so much that we that we can encourage an honest exchange of information, that we can encourage curiosity, um, that in agriculture, we can leverage our communication tools to be more transparent about the process and invite people perhaps virtually <laughs> to see what we are doing and what we're all about. Um, in our college, I think by having students who come from those diverse backgrounds in classes through just class conversations, they start to kind of understand that, oh, you know, I always thought it was this way. But when someone asked me this question, then perhaps I need to think about it in a new way. Mm-hmm. All of our students in um, our college are required to take some communications courses. One of them is a scientific communications class that's all about trying to help those who are in the heavy science areas learn how to communicate information in a clear and concise way for those who maybe don't have that same level of expertise and background. Yeah, that's um, important. We actually, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, in, in our, in AgCom, we kind of noticed this trend in the past five or so years. So we've created a class called Advocating for Agriculture, mm-hmm. and it's to help students recognize what questions people have about agriculture and be willing to listen, then engage and ask questions. And um, we've been really excited about that class because our our need to communicate to people beyond our bubble is more pressing now than ever. And so in our college, that's front and center and something that certainly students in my major of agricultural communications are learning about daily. Yeah. Wow. Those are great steps, you know, to try to close that divide. I really like hearing that. That's great. And as a professor, what positive trends are you noticing in the up and coming generation? 
uh, entering the the egg industry. You know, kids these days, right? <laughs> yeah. What are you I, I firmly believe that these next few years will produce our most resilient and persistent students and young employees ever. Um, what they have been asked to do in the past year to um, shift in the way that they learn, in the way that they interact, the way that they network, um, has really demonstrated that these students um, are perhaps, you know, they're, they're more equipped with some of those essential skills than we may have noticed otherwise. And that's something I'm trying to drill into my seniors, the students who are on the job hunt right now, is don't shy away from talking about what you've learned through this year of growth. How have you changed for the better? How have you reflected upon your skills and who you are? So that's one area I would say. Um, the other is we we... I have a sense of students, they are really engaged in social justice issues. Yeah. They're a part of these conversations. They're seeing the way that we're evolving in terms of women's rights and equality and diversity and inclusion. And so our students have that connection to wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. And in agriculture, what better way to help people than to ensure that we have safe, nutritious, food at an affordable rate for as many people as possible. And so that's one other demographic trend. And the final, I would say, particularly in my area of agricultural communications, is that our students are online. (laughs) They are having conversations online. They're interacting online. They're sharing information online. And we can leverage that to help tell agriculture's story and to connect people with those in agriculture who feel comfortable providing that content and interacting with those who are asking those questions. So those, those are just a few things that I'm noticing from this generation. Oh, that's amazing. And, and so uplifting and hopeful. I love it. <laughs> I do love to teach. I mean, that yeah. they, they will always hold a special place in my heart. So I can't, I can't get too negative about what the future of agriculture looks like because I see it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You have kind of a crystal ball into what's coming, right? (laughs) That's great. So one last question for you. How do you want to forever impact the industry? What do you want your legacy to be? Man, that's like a $10,000 question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, when, when I, I, I love to teach. That's what gets me up and gets me here every day into work. It's what keeps me up late working on, you know, evenings and weekends. And when I think about what my legacy will be, I hope it's reverberated in what my students are doing and the impact that they're making for the industry. And I, I'm doing my best now so that they can do their best in the future. And I hope that that positive ripple effect will go across that we have more skilled agriculturalists in the industry because of the efforts I'm making, but also the efforts my colleagues are making here at the university. So yeah, when I guess those, those are the moments that get me is like when a student will contact me, a former student say, you really, you know, made a positive difference. I'm so grateful. And I don't need those, but it helps to know that the efforts I'm making live on. And so I guess that that would be the legacy, I hope, is that m- my small efforts here will ripple through to my students who are going to really change and impact the agriculture industry. 
Oh, that's incredible. Well, thank you for everything you, that you do for our industry, right? We, we need you guys. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, it's, it's always, um, it's sometimes we're so busy in our day-to-day life that we forget to reflect upon, you know, why am I doing this? Why, why am I feeling this amount of stress or, um, you know, per- personal pressure? And I, I do think that it, um, we we need to continue to stay the course in training our students to meet a variety of needs in the agriculture industry. So thank you for allowing us to spotlight a little bit about um, Texas Tech, uh, the CASNR, the College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources. Awesome. So yeah, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, to everybody that's watching or listening, you can go to northamericanag.com slash Texas Tech. Um, the links will be provided in the notes below and you'll be able to um, contact the university. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Meyer. Have a guns great up. day. That's what we say here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? We say guns up at Texas Tech. And we're also in Texas, so it it fits. It fits, yeah. (laughs) That's great. All right, thank Thank you you so so much. The way we conduct business and agriculture has endured a drastic change. Our handshake industry has traditionally been face-to-face, but with the cancellation of in-person events and farm shows, everyone has had to adapt, from farms to manufacturers to service providers. With a dizzying array of marketing and digital business choices, you need to make the right decisions or risk not being seen at all. If you need advice or a customized plan for your business, don't hesitate to reach out to me at chrissywozniak.com or chrissy.info because that's easier to spell. Don't risk not pivoting your business. Find a path that will take you into the digital space and be seen by our industry. Fastline Auctions, the ultimate destination for online farm equipment auctions. Looking to list equipment? Fastline Auctions knows farmers, and farmers have trusted Fastline for their equipment needs for over 45 years. With unmatched digital reach and direct-to-farmer catalogs, they can find the right buyer for your equipment. Not to mention, they have the industry's lowest commission rates. And if you're looking for equipment to buy, you can bid with confidence. No buyer premiums, no reserves, just integrity. Fastline Auctions, your trusted platform for hassle-free, cost-effective farm equipment auctions. Visit fastline.com for more information. You can join us for a tour of the Fastline Auctions platform July 13th at 6.30 p.m. To register for this webinar, go to northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar. That's northamericanag.com slash fastline hyphen webinar to register now.